2024, start that over. 2024 started with a bang with all new information on Epstein and his clients. But what will happen as the year continues? Stay tuned for our 2024 predictions, theoretical catastrophes, and more. So let's get into it. Welcome to the 18th episode of the Magnifying Glass Podcast. I am your host, Elena Moore, and today I am joined by none other than the American Stoic. Today we are going through some of our 2024 predictions. And while this not might not be our entire list, as it took us a little while to get it cut down to where we needed it to, to be, or Liam just telling me I can't do what I want to do, um, we're going to continue into some of the highlights of what we think will be happening, not only in the election year, but within the year total. So let's start it off with something hard hitting, something you may have never seen coming, which is possibly a new war, maybe. It's amazing. I mean, it, it, it's so out of character for the US government to want to start a new war. It, it, you're right, nobody ever saw this coming. Um, <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's sad because of all of the implications it has, both for U.S. service members, for the U.S. taxpayer, uh, for the native populations of wherever there's going to be the next incursion by U.S. armed forces, because it never goes well. It always creates power vacuum, destabilizes the region. And so, you know, it's not surprising, but it is it is disappointing. Uh, and I think there's no better kind of uh, emblem for the U.S. Uh, foreign policy than than John Bolton, who who obviously was a U.M. ambassador, former national security advisor, uh, and he said that the U.S. cannot afford to take a reactionary position towards Iran, uh, which basically means that the United States needs to strike Iran first before Iran is able to do anything themselves. And and the justification for that is of course that Iran supports Hamas. And, and so therefore, given the actions of Hamas, the U.S. needs to act and, and, and strike against Iran. Yep, and Lindsey Graham already proffered that one out there in the beginning of the Israel-Palestine or Hamas, whatever you want to call it, crisis, saying that, oh, we need to bomb Iran. You know, because he's always looking for the next conflict. What, in 2022, we had Ukraine. In 2023, we had the start of the Israel-Hamas stuff. And what's going to be for 2024? Most likely, Iran. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, it's that whole region is just printed money for the military-industrial complex for the last 25 years. And yeah, why so, would you give up on a cash cow that just continues giving you cash? Yeah, I, I can't remember. There's a comedian, and, and he, want, he had a famous line. He said, uh, I'll stop beating that dead horse when it stops spitting out money. And uh, <laughs> it's basically the approach that the U.S. military-industrial complex has had. I think that's the best way you can sum it up. Yeah, it, it, look, money makes the world go round. And, and even Eisenhower, going back to the 50s, said, you know, warn the American people, you know, what, what did he warn them of? Not, not politicians and, and, and corruption necessarily, and, and not a foreign adversary or a foreign country or, or Russia, you know, as the, as the Cold War was getting kicked off. No, what he warned about was the military-industrial complex. Uh, and so, you know, you see people like, like John Bolton and, and Lindsey Graham, and they're out trying to sell the next war. And I will say it is kind of, um, it's, a, it's a little bit 
inspiring to see a little bit more pushback. I feel like for so many decades, the average United States citizen was, was much more open to being manipulated into into a war, into some type of foreign conflict, even if it wasn't boots on the ground. Uh, and you saw a lot of that with like Obama, where you would have a lot of sorties and, and bombing missions and, and a lot of cyber attacks and, and all of that. But I think, and I say this with a little bit of caution, but I think that the average U.S. citizen, U.S. citizen is a little bit more skeptical now of the U.S. federal government trying to sell them a new war. So, so we'll see how that goes in 24. I don't think John Bolton's pr- pr- very popular. I don't think his statements and the statements of Lindsey Graham are getting the play in the press that they would have 10 years ago. Right. I think that 10 years ago, it would have been in a lot easier to sell this, um, this war. So we'll see if that continues. Maybe there'll be more red false flag operations needed to kind of convince the American people, which again, would not be surprised about. Right. But as I mean, of we're right kind now, of due for another, you know, nine one one situation, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely going to, uh, definitely going to take more to get public sentiment on the side of, of us boots on the ground in Iran, but we'll see uh, again, anything's possible. But, you know, the beauty of all of this is that we're in election year. So if you think nothing's going to happen, I would say this is probably the year of all years that that the world will burn just a little bit more, at least in the U.S. Oh, it's going to get jiggy with it for sure. Oh, absolutely. You thought 2020 was bad. Please, we are just getting started. That was the test year. So what's the number one thing that we may see happening? I think it's probably pretty obvious is more terrorist attack spikes. We haven't, we're a little due for that. Yeah, it's kind of weird because that was such a a prominent part of American life, I feel like, in leading up to 2020, all throughout Trump's uh, presidency, basically, and starting at really the end of the Obama uh, administration, you, know, you had uh, you know, places like San Bernardino and, and, and things like that. <clears throat> and you also have to consider the fact that how open has the border been since yeah. Biden took office? How many encounters have you had? At the southern border since August of, of last year, so about four or five months now, there have been more encounters at the southern border recorded by Customs and Border Patrol and ICE than there have been natural births in the United States mm-hmm. over that same period of time. And again, most of these people are getting released. They have a court date in 12 years, right? They say, all right, show up to this courthouse in 12 years, so, you know, 2035. And, and, and please come back at that time and, and then we'll address whether or not you can stay after they've been here for 12 years. And of course, part of that argument is that once they've been here for 12 years, they've quote unquote established a life and they can make that argument to the judge and then, and then it, it adds more validity to their case of staying. So it, again, it's all a scam, but you also have to consider the, the numbers of, of people on the terror watch list coming mm-hmm. in, the people that are sneaking in through you know the cartel pathways that are not ever being you know, interacting with Customs and Border Patrol that we have no idea are even here. And so the the risk, the, uh, the potential risk of terror attacks has gone up astronomically in the last three years. And so right. I would be shocked if we do not see at least a few between now and November. Exactly. I think that would be a, a big push for both the Democrats and the Republicans to push for their side. Yeah. Oh, you need our candidate as the next president in order to, you know, basically get rid of ISIS again. You know, obviously yeah. insert something different than ISIS into that sentence, but the same idea. Yeah, Al-Qaeda, the right. Taliban, any of them. They have a stake in this too, right? right? Because if 
it, like, you know, the Taliban or, or the cartel uh, in Mexico or, or, or somewhere in South America, you know, they all have a, have a vested interest in having ease of access to the mm-hmm. United States, whether it's for drug trafficking, whether it's for uh, human trafficking. Like, there's, there's all these different reasons that these different groups, terrorist groups, cartels, whatever you want to call them, are, would, would, would want to have an ease of access, you know, an open border, basically. And so if, if they think that they can even influence the election by, you know, maybe, maybe launching attacks in red states, maybe kind of, you know, trying to scare the population in red states to try and lower voter turnout or whatever they think, it, it's a business decision for them also at that point. And obviously, this administration is not going to go out of their way to protect American citizens. Right. Heaven forbid that they, you know, maybe interfere with the human right of movement of people from Senegal to climb through the border fence. I mean, heaven forbid if that decreases the risk of a terror attack or decreases the amount of Americans being killed by illegals every day or decreases the amount of Americans being killed by fentanyl every day. I mean, there's clearly going to be no effort from the from the administration to stop this. Right. And so you just have to think well, it's about... it's not in their the, benefit. Motive, motive means an, op- an opportunity, right? Yeah. You have a motive. You have means, and you have opportunity. Got to get those ballots somehow. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, with that in mind, um, another prediction that we have is the continuing to deplete gas reserves until the election, because that's something that we thought we were going to see a lot of when Biden got in. Was you know we were going to have the increase in gas, which we did see. But when he started getting, uh, when the Biden administration started receiving more pushback, then they switched from buying it from Saudi Arabia to depleting our gas reserves, which we can also thank Trump for. And now we can thank Biden for probably having nothing left in those by the end of, um, uh, by the time the election rolls around. So most likely we're thinking that those prices will skyrocket right after the election. If Trump's in, then it's going to be, oh, wow. Trump is raising gas prices or Biden gets in, it was, oh, we need him to save us. If he's the Democrat nominee and that's a Republican nominee, that's all up for debate, obviously. But it does look to be where the tide is turning. Over 2022, the uh, Biden administration sold 180 million barrels over a six-month period from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. They uh, sold and that it. was, again, after Russia uh after Russia, the whole Russia-Ukraine thing started to unfold, they, they, this was an, an attempt to try and curb the prices since we are no longer going to be getting Russian oil. Now, there's a whole scandal in there, too, right. uh, because some of that strategic petroleum reserve that was sold was actually sold to Chinese companies that had ties to Hunter Biden. No. But I do not want to get into, I don't want to get into that, obviously, because I'll just take us down a whole other side quest that we don't have time for. Again, this was already an, a, a whole process to try and get this episode down to a manageable time. But, uh, and, that, and that process has continued, obviously. You know, the, the, the uh, ban on Russian oil has continued. The need to prop up prices, or I guess keep, artificially keep prices down because they've limited domestic production so strongly through all of their environmental regulations and, and, and red tape and everything, this administration. So there's been a very, basically just a, an open faucet running out of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And... I believe it was uh, like three or four days ago, they announced that they are going to, they they just bought 13 million barrels. And I think that it accounts for something like uh, 10% of what was used last year. So so they're making an effort, but right. it's 
a drop in the bucket, quite literally, mm -hmm. uh, of what they have used just to for political purposes. Again, this has all been for political purposes. And again, following a, a, a motion by Trump in 2019 to fill the Strategic Petroleum Reserve at a fraction of the price of what it would cost now. And it was blocked by Democrats in the House. Right. The government and this administration in particular, and the Democrats in particular, have screwed the American people on the Strategic Petroleum Reserve probably four or five times over the last five years. At least. And now they're using it for political purposes to misguide those same people to try and squeeze out another term uh, from this incompetent Well, you know, inflation has never amazing. been lower. The turkey prices, I, I the egg prices, they've never been lower. Six dollars is a steal. Yeah, did you know that? Did you know that the average Fourth of July uh, barbecue was fourteen cents lower in twenty twenty one? That's incredible. That's, fourteen cents lower. That's what we need to run back. I want to see that again. It's really yeah. pocketing my bank account right now. Yeah. Ignore the fact that you're paying double for gas. Right. Double for eggs. Uh, yeah, you can't even that. get your Russian vodka anymore. So, I mean, what's the point? No. All right. So another one, I, I really, I really see this one happening is an increase in controlled brownouts and blackouts. I could definitely see it happening during the summer, right before the 2024 election. Um, because obviously we're going to see an insurgence of BLM. We're obviously going to see more school shootings and other things like that because, you know, some type of crisis and uh, things need to be happening in the U.S. so we have more gun control. We, there's this huge outcry for climate, cha uh, climate change well, uh, against police brutality and a bunch of other things like that. That's always hot topic issues every four years, coincidentally. So I think one way that they're going to probably keep pushing that is after, you know, there's some red flag that happens with shootings, BLM, etc. I could definitely see riots happening and then increase controlled brownouts and blackouts after that. One of the reasons this would happen is you see this gigantic push from Biden, red states, and blue states to go more onto an electric grid. We see it a lot in South Carolina. It's something I've been covering for a very long time, a push to electric vehicles going all electric and smart. But one way they're able to do that is to control the energy that people are using. Therefore, they can have more controlled brownouts and blackouts. We've seen it in Texas during the winter. We've seen it in California during the summer. I think we're going to be seeing this a lot more regularly the more uh, these uh, states move over to an electric way of living, which, you know, will I'm sure just make everything else so happy during the summer. So we'll see. Following your, your kind of proposed timeline here of you have some type of, of, of false flag, uh, some type of incident that would get the the left wing mm -hmm. riled up at probably the police right is kind of is, is, is kind of the way it's gone before and, and i would assume kind of the way it would go again because it's you know if it's, if, if, if it's not broke don't it, fix it worked it. last so time just, just keep running it exactly um so if if they're in the middle of that right and then all of a sudden the government starts you know oh we need to have rolling blackouts or brownouts or whatever <clears throat> then it's obviously going to kind of inflame those tensions even more, get people more worked up, people would be more upset, people would use that, obviously, to probably uh, parlay into how capitalism's terrible, knowing left-wing mm -hmm. protesters, that would probably become a, a, a byline in their, <laughs> in their protests. And so I, I would not at all be, be surprised by that. Again, and that's, that's not even considering just the weakness of quote-unquote renewable right. energies 
and th what they have on the grid. And, and we saw this in the winter uh, a year or two ago in Texas, where all of the solar panels and all of the wind farms just basically shut down. And so you had coal and nuclear trying to work over time to make up for, for the difference. And there's obviously a lot of a lot of chance of that happening, you know, whether it's a cyber attack on the grid, whether it's some extreme weather, you know, we don't really know what the durability of these uh, renewable energy sources is and, and how that could contribute to, to blackouts and brownouts as well. And so one of, it could come from a lot of different directions. And too. one of the biggest pushes that they have had uh, in 2023 was closing down coal plants and a call for closing down nuclear plants as well. So that way you would have nothing to fall back on if these electric ways of renewable energy end up not working i know that they saw i believe it was virginia right. they closed down a, a coal plant up there i could be i may have the wrong state but they closed down a coal plant and then a little bit later they went into a blackout i mean it did not last long yeah and again, it just kind of gives the cover for the excuse right. is basically is basically what it what it does. All right. So let's pivot a little bit into something a little bit more interesting because we've talked a lot about politics and we will be coming back to it. Don't you worry. But what is going to happen with culture? I we decided we talked a lot about who we were going to talk about, which cultural figure figure we were going to dive into. And I think it is very fitting that we chose Taylor Swift because we have heard so much about the Swifty overtake online, in person, over the airwaves. It has been so nauseating. But we think that Taylor Swift may start officially campaigning, a campaign stumping for the Biden campaign if he's the chosen nominee or whoever else is chosen as the Democrat. And there's bonus points if she starts crying while she's talking about women's rights on stage and i feel like we should give extra bonus points if it's in tennessee her home state uh where marcia blackburn is who she hates with a passion i'm tired of taylor swift okay and i'm tired of taylor swift as a musician as a cultural figure as part of the football scene mm -hmm. and so i think it was last night or maybe the day before whenever the golden globes happened and, and joe coy had had the joke of the big difference between the Golden Globes and, and, and the NFL is that the Golden Globes, they have fewer shots of Taylor Swift, and she did not <laughs> like that joke. Oh, we'll put the, her reaction up on screen just so that you can see the, the daggers that she was giving Joe Coy for that, for that joke. But <clears throat> either way, there's, it's, you can't argue with the fact that there has been a concerted effort to put her in the limelight of American culture over the last year. Obviously, her her tour was huge. the uh, The movie that came out dating uh, Travis Kelsey, and then obviously he got paid like I think it was twenty million dollars for the Viagra yeah. ad. But leaving that aside, just kind of focusing on her for the time being. You have built up the prestige, the relevance that she holds, right. and so w why? Yeah. Right there, there, there kind of has to be a reason for that. I would think you know she's been, you know, publicly in beefing with uh george soros mm -hmm. or one of his companies that bought the rights to her music and that's why she's been doing the whole taylor's version of everything i know yeah but i call bs on I think that one has to be it's just it, that's very confusing um I, I i don't know i don't know enough about her or her music to to care but i do think that it's pretty obvious that there's some end game and i think that i would be shocked 
I would be personally very shocked if I did not see before the end of the year Taylor Swift on stage with the Democratic presidential nominee. Yeah. I, I think I think that would be a very surprising twist if that d- does is not she, happen because of the effort. Is they she put in. still on tour, or is she touring in twenty twenty four, or was that twenty twenty three? Because I remember I, I remember seeing how her wherever she was going to at what times during the year went alongside and coincided with voting days or something like that. Interesting. No, she's on an international tour right now. So she's, I think, I think, I think her American leg of her tour Mm -hmm. is done. So she's in uh, Tokyo and then she's going to Australia and then she's doing, doing Europe. Let's see, when does her tour end exactly? And then, because again, you have to think you have to get through the you have to get through the primary process right. too for the Democrats before you can really start to leverage, <clears throat> quote unquote, a list talent. That would be oh, and then she's back in the United States at the end of next year, starting three weeks before the election. Oh, she's back in the United States. That's so convenient, isn't it? What what? So start uh, first show back is October eighteenth in Miami. Ah, there it goes. That is what I was talking about. Yes. So I definitely see her. Um, I could definitely see that happening. My money's on that one. I really think. Um, but as we uh, kind of shift from that, let's talk a little bit about our prediction for election results, which is difficult to do. So you know, don't hold it against us. But. We're just going to talk through it real quick. Liam, let's start off. What do you think is going to happen right before the election, during the election, after the election? Just kind of give us a short little rundown. Oh, man. I So, again, and and this is very, very difficult to do just because there are so many things that we mm-hmm. don't know, right? I, I don't. You'd assume there would be another Trump versus Biden. Obviously, Trump's going to win the Republican primary, regardless of, you know, the Democrats won't be able to stop that. You know, we'll see what the whole, I, I imagine the Supreme Court will strike down any attempts to keep Trump or Biden off right. of the ballot because there has been talk in red states now about attorney generals and, and state legislatures in, in those states coming back and, and taking Biden off the ballot. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's really going to be an issue. I think the Supreme Court will kind of mm-hmm. iron that one out. And then, and then so I imagine we're going to see another Trump versus Biden ticket and I am don't see a world where Trump does not continue to draw the biggest crowds ever seen in political rallies. And I don't see a world where Biden does as many rallies as he did last time around, which was not very many, if you do remember. And the ones that he did attend had like, you know, three foot circles around like 20 little chairs in somebody's backyard. And then half of the chairs were full. So you had 10 people show up. And I think it's pretty clear what that means. I think everybody who saw those pictures of here's one candidate's rally, here's who showed up to see this candidate, and here's who showed up to see this candidate in the same state around the same time, which one do you think is going to win the election? Now, the question is, why did not why did that not play out? And in an effort to try and remain on this platform, I'm going to be very, very careful with what I say. I think that it is most likely going to be play out the same mm-hmm. way. I would be shocked if Trump does not get 80 million votes and right. lose to a guy who could not draw 15 people in a Are you telling me there event. may be F-R-A-U-D? Mm, I don't like that word. But what I will say is there might be some right. shenanigans. And 
and and I'll go one step further. I think it's largely the Republicans' mm-hmm. fault, and I think and I think it's largely Trump's fault because I think that there has not been. I'll say enough, but really anything is really kind of where my head's at. Anything done to stop it? You mean fraud? Uh, you know, obviously, you know, having an election. Preventing. preventing uh, how do I put this? Insure, ensuring uh, the that everybody believes the results. I don't think that enough has been done by the RNC, by Ronna McDaniel, by state legislatures, or by the tens to hundreds of millions of dollars raised by Trump, you know, to actually... I mean, all you can really do at uh, this point is try and put your finger on the scales, if possible, which is how I I kind of perceive him being buddy-buddies with establishment is what he's trying to do there. Well, I mean, again, like, I mean, you you, you were there at the rally in South Carolina when he brought Lindsey Graham out, right? And and, and so, you know, you kind of have... I understand it's politics. You kind of right. have to play both sides. You kind of have to to make some compromises and things like that. And I and I'm not at all mad or upset about that. I I'm a realist. Like right. that's how politics works. You you have to. However, I think that it might have gone a little bit too far and because we spent so much time trying to actually right. play buddy buddy with everybody on, you know, on our side of the aisle that disagrees with us and on the other side of the aisle and with people in the media and everything like that. There has not been the focus that there should have been on fixing the root cause of the thing that he complains about at every rally. If that, yeah, if, if and that one thing sense. you know that I did see at the rallies that I've been to in South Carolina, which has been a lot this year, is the push for bank your vote. That's Rona McDaniel's and Drew McKissick's latest thing that they're pushing super duper hard, especially in South Carolina, is this whole bank your vote. So I would not be surprised if we see something as in, I I think Rona's going to be moved eventually. I think she's going to either be forced to resign or just resign out of embarrassment after the 2024 election, and you're going to see Drew McKissick step up to that plate. Um, as interim and eventually just stay in that position. And I think a lot of it's... Meet your new boss, right, same the as the old boss. one that I've been having to deal with and everybody else in South Carolina. Trust me, bank your vote's not new. It's pretty much, you know, something that we've seen very similar used as a test site here. So it's a little frustrating. But I could see that also being a result of even more distrust for the RNC and the GOP. And also play into, you know, kind of how um, it will compromise Republicans even more. Uh, if you didn't, if you thought you trust the Republicans a little bit more than the Democrats, I have a feeling at the end of this year it's going to get worse. I couldn't agree more. I don't think that people who have had faith, I guess, in the party, I don't think that's going to go well. Uh, and I think... And I hope I'm wrong. Like, and again, this is not me, you know, being a doomer gloomer. This is just, you know, if I had to put money on the way that 2024 goes, I would be. This is what I would do. This is where I would put my money. And so we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, there, a lot can happen between now and then. And it's an election year. And you know, as people as people know, election mm-hmm. years move faster. More happens in election year. The news cycle is faster. More stuff happens. More stuff happens. Um, especially outside of the news cycle, even so, look look at look at the news on the weekends because anything that they don't want you to know about is going to happen Friday, Friday after five. It's basically a good rule every of thumb. time. 
yeah every time um so so just just you know kind of it's going to be a very busy year and so we'll obviously do our best to you know stay on top of everything that happens and, and keep you guys in in the know but it's definitely going to take a lot from people mm-hmm. in the field working on these campaigns working with state legislatures Obviously, the Supreme Court's going to have to come through on a few things probably before the end, not just this. But I'd be surprised if a couple different issues with the with the election don't get run up to the Supreme Court between now and November. And so it's going to be a very, very busy year. But, you know, at the end of the day, when the dust settles, if I had to put money on it right now, I think that there would might be a little bit of shenanigans happen. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see another another candidate that was overwhelmingly popular in every state that he visited. Yeah. And, you know, that is not just happening on the presidential level. We're seeing it on the state level in South Carolina with the Freedom Caucus. They all have challengers, whether or not you like them. And there's a huge push with millions and millions of dollars, possibly even billions on state level going after the very few good people in politics. So if you haven't decided to get involved now, this might be your last chance if you would like to save your country. Just saying. Yeah, and, and, and it, it all starts yeah. at the state level. And, and and so the reason, again, the reason that I think that we have not done mm-hmm. enough uh, to have a good federal election is because of the state level. I don't think that the states have done enough to secure their own systems, to secure their own process, to, to clarify what their process is, to make sure that people in their states and, and across the country who might, after the election and ballots are being counted for two or three weeks after the election day, you know, people, right. people start to have questions and, and it does matter. And so hopefully, you know, we don't run into the same issues we ran into. Hopefully all the ballots get counted the night of the election. There's no reason they shouldn't, you know, in Florida, Everybody uses a paper ballot and mm-hmm. all the results are in by 10 p.m. And, and so there's no reason that states with one-tenth our population cannot do the exact same yeah. thing. So if you're ever mm-hmm. interested in getting involved and you don't know where to start, don't have anybody that you trust, you can always email us at the magnifying or magnifyingglasspodcast at gmail.com. You can also see it at the end of our podcast. We'll put a slide up for that one. You can also uh, check in the description for it as well. But thank you so much for joining us today on the Magnifying Glass Podcast. We delve deep, bringing the overlooked into focus and magnifying the stories that matter to you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and share, helping us shine a light on even more discoveries. I'm your host, Elena Moore, and remember, sometimes the smallest details make the biggest difference. Until next time, keep looking closer.